Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we're continuing an examination, this little topical thing right here, and it's basically on overcoming. How we as believers, by definition, are overcomers. If you've truly repented and confessed and called upon the name of the Lord to be saved and are saved, <clears throat> then you are positionally an overcomer. And we are exhorted and we are encouraged and we are commanded and instructed and called to walk in that overcoming. Okay, And it's not something that we have to try to whip up. It's something that we are. And that's the reason the scripture tells us uh, to, uh, to put this on because it's available to us. It's who we are within us. <laughs> we have a choice to make. Uh, it's the same way with um, unity within the body or love within the body. Uh, you know, we're told <clears throat> not to um, quench the unity of the body. We're not told to do all these things to try to attain to it because by definition, it's already there. I want to listen, uh, uh, read really a portion, just one little verse right here. But then I got to back up and read the whole thing to where you see what's going on. Uh, I'll just show you. Second Peter 2, verse 19 says this. The last part of verse 19 says, For, F-O-R, by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. By what a man is overcome. By this, he is enslaved. And, you know, in Romans 12, it tells us to overcome uh, evil. Don't be, not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. Okay? So we're told to walk within this overcoming. We're told right here that what a man is enslaved to is by this <laughs> that he'll be overcome. And you say, well, what am I enslaved to? Well, again, also in Romans, we find out that we're no longer slaves to sin. There's a couple of great songs out about that, right? We know that. But there's also a portion, a verse there in that Romans passage that says that we are enslaved to righteousness, that we are enslaved to the Lord. So as believers, what are we enslaved to? What are we overcome by? The righteousness of the Lord. But listen to what Peter is dealing with here in Second Peter, the second chapter. And I'm going to read most of this chapter, so hang on. Here we go. But false prophets, this is verse 1, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, and if he re rescued righteous Lot 
oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. And then verse 8 is a little parenthetical statement. For by what Lot saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Verse 9, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under judgment, under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority. Let me stop right here in the middle of the 10th first. So we see what's going on. There's a very, very close parallels between Second Peter chapter 2 and the book of Jude. And we've looked at Jude in detail. And we've looked at this right here in some detail. So what he's saying, Peter's saying, you know, God knows how to keep people under judgment to the right time. He dealt with the angels that were in rebellion. He dealt with the ancient world that was in rebellion. He dealt with Sodom and Gomorrah. He rescued Lot. And if he knows how to rescue Lot, he's going to rescue us. And then he starts describing how these men are in verse 10. They're daring, self-willed. They do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties. <clears throat> Whereas angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a reviling judgment against them before the Lord. By these, like unreasoning animals, born as creatures of instinct to be captured and killed, reviling where they have no knowledge, will in the destruction of those creatures also be destroyed, suffering wrong as the wages of doing wrong. They count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions as they carouse with you, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed, accursed children, forsaking the right way they had gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he received a rebuke for his own transgression, for a mute donkey, speaking with the voice of a man, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are springs without water and mist driven by a storm, for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. Ah, so now we see the context a little better, a lot better, of what it's talking about here, the evil of these men and all that they do. And folks, they are rampant. They are rampant in the world today, and especially rampant within the body of Christ. There are so, so, so many leaders that I see right here in this description. And you say, well, that can't be. You know, there uh, are leaders within denominations. There are pastors of churches. There are this or that. Yeah, yeah. Don't believe it for a moment. There are so, so many. And we're to be forewarned about them, okay? Uh, we are to speak truth to them. We're to seek to help them, like what it says in the book of Jude. Now, let me read these last few verses just out of the second chapter. Verse 20. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. There's that word again. 
So they're overcome again by the things that they had escaped from. They're entangled in them again by the things they escaped from. Then the last state has become worse for them than the first state. Then how in the world did they get entangled in these things? How did they become overcome by these things that they had escaped? They'd escaped it. It's because they did not abide in the Lord. They didn't abide in the Lord, and they turned around, and they went back. What does the scripture say about a dog returning to his vomit? That type of thing. Then verse 21. For it would be better for them to have not known the way of righteousness than having, the no, having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. It has happened to them. Well, here you go. According to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. <clears throat> I think that last uh, those two quotes right there give us a little insight into what happened. A lot of times people sit there and say, well, they knew this way and they were saved and they were righteous, but now they turn around. So that means they've lost their salvation. They've given up their salvation. I think these two little quotes right here help us because what it's saying is that a dog does what a dog does and a pig does what a pig does. It shows us that even though they knew the way of righteousness, that they had not really been transformed. They hadn't been changed. They were acting like they were. They didn't abide in the Lord because they truly weren't in the Lord yet. They were acting like it, but they weren't yet. Some interesting stuff, huh? Oh, well, I've looked up. My time is well past, so I better stop. I'll see you again in the next episode. Goodbye.